This is the Bible in One Year Express, day 237. Strong Families A busy father was looking for a way to entertain his young daughter. He found a map of the world in a magazine and cut it into pieces. He gave the pieces to his child and suggested she try to piece the map back together. After a very short time, she said she'd finished. He was very surprised by how quickly she'd done it. He asked her how she had managed to do it so fast. She replied, I noticed when you took the page out of the magazine that on the back of the map of the world there was a picture of a man and a woman. I thought if I could put the man and the woman back together, I could put the world back together. Marriage and family life are hugely important. They are part of God's natural order and a vital part of the fabric of society. Pope John Paul II once wrote that family is the foundation of society and nourishes society continually. Nikki and Silla Lee have invested their lives in strengthening marriages and family life. Their courses and books such as the Marriage Book and the Parenting Book have had a profound impact on thousands of people in our own local church and now in many countries around the world. Recently, a government official in one country said to Nikki and Silla, A strong society depends on strong families, and strong families depend on strong marriages. That's why we're interested in your work. The Bible has a great deal to say about family life. Not only do we have a natural family, but as Christians we're part of the church, which the New Testament sees as the family of God. From Psalm 102 Let this be written for a future generation that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. In the beginning you laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Like clothing, you will change them, and they will be discarded. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. The children of your servants will live in your presence. Their descendants will be established before you. Children and the Next Generation Every generation has a responsibility to think about the future and to plan for it. We should be concerned not just about what happens in our time, but also about the next generation. The psalmist is concerned for the next generation. Let this be written for a future generation, that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. Jesus is the key for every generation. Interestingly, the writer to the Hebrews quotes verses 25 to 27 of this psalm and applies them to Jesus. Jesus is the same, yesterday and today and forever. He laid earth's foundations a long time ago and handcrafted the very heavens. Jesus will be there forever. Year after year, you're as good as new. The psalm ends with this hope for the next generation. Your servant's children will have a good place to live and their children will be at home with you. This is a hope, a prayer, and to some extent a promise. While everyone is responsible for their own lives, there's a sense in which God treats people as families. We can hope, pray, and believe that our children, grandchildren, and their descendants will live in his presence and be established before him. Lord, I pray for my own family and for those in the church, that we will live in your presence and that our children will grow up to know, love, serve and be established before you.
New Testament from 1 Corinthians 16. After I go through Macedonia, I'll come to you, for I'll be going through Macedonia. Perhaps I will stay with you for a while, or even spend the winter, so that you can help me on my journey wherever I go. When Timothy comes, see to it that he has nothing to fear while he's with you, for he's carrying on the work of the Lord, just as I am. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love. You know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and they have devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to submit to such people and to everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. The churches in the province of Asia send you greeting. Quilla and Priscilla greet you warmly in the Lord, and so does the church that meets at their house. All the brothers and sisters here send you greetings. Family and Homes Inspired by churches we've seen around the world, we have a big sign outside HTB saying, Welcome Home. The vision is that everyone who comes to the church will be welcomed, loved, and given the hospitality that we would give to a guest in our own home. We need to recapture this New Testament vision of church as a home. Of course, the early Christians did not have church buildings. They met in homes. Paul writes to the Corinthians, If Timothy shows up, take good care of him. Make him feel completely at home among you. The church is the family of God. God is our Father. Paul sees the whole church as a family. He talks about other Christians as his brothers and sisters. Church is not an organization you join. It's a family where you belong, a home where you are loved, and a hospital where you find healing. Paul, who was single and did not have his own wife or children, loves the Corinthians and sees them as his family. He found spiritual refreshment by spending time with them. He ends his letter, I love all of you. He expects them to love the Lord and to love one another. They should express their love by greeting one another with a holy kiss. This is not just a nice theory. It's very personal. He longs to see them. He knows that they will help him. He does not want to spend only a short time with them. He wants to spend much longer if the Lord permits. Paul's message flows from his love and concern for the people in the church. He practiced what he preached when he wrote, Do everything in love. The only reason Paul is not coming sooner is that a great door for effective work has opened to him and there are many who oppose him. It seems that whenever God opens a huge door of opportunity of good work, we should expect that there will also be mushrooming opposition. Do not let such opposition deter you from making the most of great opportunities when they arise. He goes on to talk about Timothy, whom he describes elsewhere as his son in the Lord, his brother Apollos, and the family of Stephanus. It appears from the New Testament that it was quite common for whole families to be converted and baptized together. We also see in this passage an instance of a married couple having a joint ministry Aquila and Priscilla ran a church in their home. 
Here, Aquila is named first. However, more commonly, Priscilla is the one whom Paul names first. It's clear that they ran the church together. The family of the church is made up of single people like Paul, married couples like Priscilla and Aquila, and whole households like those of Stephanus. Together, we make up the family of God. What Paul writes applies to us all. Keep your eyes open. Hold tight to your convictions. Give it all you've got. Be resolute and love without stopping. Lord, please give us such love for one another that whether we are single or married, we all experience the riches and refreshment of being part of the family of God. Old Testament from 2 Chronicles 24 and 25 Parents shall not be put to death for their children, nor children be put to death for their parents. Each will die for their own sin. Parents and children Good parenting is a huge advantage in life. Joash's father died when he was a baby, and he became king at the age of seven. His mother ensured that he was taught and trained by Jehoiada the priest. He clearly received a good education and did what pleased God throughout Jehoiada's lifetime. Joash had a family of his own, which included both sons and daughters. God had promised his blessing on David and his family. Kingship passed down the family line. However, although God's love was unconditional, each person was responsible for how they responded to this love. The book of Moses, probably a way of referring to the law of the first five books of the Old Testament, is quoted in support of the fact that parents shall not be put to death for their children, nor children put to death for their parents. Each of you will die for your own sins. We each pay personally for our sins. We see this principle worked out here. Joash started out well. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. He decided to restore the temple of the Lord. Everyone joined in. All the officials and all the people brought their contributions gladly, dropping them into the chest until it was full. They rebuilt the temple of God according to its original design. Buildings for worship do matter and can be restored if everyone gets involved. Sadly, Joash's reign did not end well. It's so important not just to start well, but also to finish well. Tragically, the same pattern was repeated in the life of his son, Amaziah. He started well, but did not finish well. He became arrogant and proud and turned away from following the Lord. Lord, help us to be good examples and to finish well. I pray that family life would once again be the foundation to nourish our society continually. May there be a reversal in the decline in marriages and a restoration of strong families. Pepper adds, With good advice, young children can accomplish great things. We mustn't underestimate them. Joash became king at the age of seven. With the help of Jehoiada, the priest, as his advisor, Joash built the temple. While he had a good advisor, the people of Israel worshipped God. Sadly, when his advisor died, he went off the rails. It is important to go on seeking wise counsel. And we all need to encourage the next generation. <laughs>